0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Welcome in. Good day, Rob Black and your money. Anything you want to talk about, what you talk about. Money invested in more. Oh, boy. Uh, prepare, strap yourself in, prepare for liftoff for... Maybe meltdown, right? Stocks are getting hammered. Stocks are getting hammered after Trump threatens to slam new tariffs on hundreds of billions of dollars of Chinese goods. This is not the first time he's done this. And yet, we continue to react like, hey, we have never saw this coming. We have a president who... I don't know if this is the right phrase, but work with me on this one. Don't get mad at me if you're Republican. Don't get mad at me if you're Democrat. He seems to create his own reality. And because of that, he's watching Wall Street today. And if Wall Street goes up, he'll tell the Chinese, See, we don't need you. We're throwing more tariffs on you. You give us more. And the market goes down. He'll quietly fire a couple of people at his, his, fir, uh, his firm, the White House, and say, Okay, that didn't work. Let's come up with another plan. So, stocks are getting hit pretty hard. Now, the ones that aren't are things like Chipotle Mexican Grill, which, last time I checked, we don't sell a lot of Chipotle burritos in in China or the world, right? It's kind of a U.S. phenom. And McDonald's, on the other hand, has a little bit more uh, international exposure. There's a company that came public last week called Beyond Meat. And I actually think this is actually a pretty important stock to talk about because well, I'm going to wait on that one. I'm going to try to let that go for one more segment, maybe two, because the idea there is, yeah, we absolutely positively need to be 21st century when we look at our food supply, but one company coming out with the you know amazing burger and the another company coming out with the Beyond Meat, and it, the, the name says it all, let's move Beyond Meat. A lot of people think that would help. With the ozone and the uh, environment Cutting down on cow flatulence I know you're going, oh boy Just get back to the markets <laughs> Beyond me is an interesting story And I'm going to tell you why I'm not going after the IPO But it's going to wait. So this week we now look at um, It's going to be an interesting week China is supposed to come to the United States later in the week And now they're threatening Maybe we won't even do that Apple's down four and a half at the open Netflix down seven. Amazon down twenty-seven. Facebook down two, Alphabet down nine. Widely held stocks. That's telling you a lot of people are getting shaken out. Now, there's another stock out there that's doing well, Tyson Foods. Because they're a play on the beyond meat IPI that everyone loved. Maybe Tyson's finally got to the message. We need more than chicken. We need more than, than beef. Boof. Fun de boof. Side of beef. Let's go attack a uh, a windmill, shall we? I know you're saying old literature reference. Drop it. Drop it. Stop it. Okay, I'll stop it. So take a look at the markets. Um, Probably about 9 p.m., 8 p.m. last... uh, I'll I'll go far as back as 7 p.m. yesterday, Sunday. I was looking around and I was like, whoa, what's going on in China? And I saw Trump's tweet. Trump's losing his trade war with China on perception versus reality. They seem to be, how shall we say, hanging in there. And their markets may be down today, and our markets may ultimately be up for the day. But uh, the whole China thing, I, I perceive them as, as hanging in longer. President Trump now says he'll raise tariffs on $200 billion worth of Chinese imports from 10% levies. He imposed last year to 25% effective May 10. Notice it; it's not effective today. Ooh, but it is kind of, right? May 10th, this is Friday, and it's ominous. Before, we were saying, oh, we'll do that in 2019, back in the middle of 2018. Oh, we'll do that in uh, first quarter 2019. But now he's throwing down a, a gauntlet. I know you're saying, gauntlet? Where have I heard that before? Yeah, that's right. Disney has done it again with the Avengers. Uh, just grotesquely grossing tons of money, right? And doing it fast. Number two movie of all time. It still got a little bit of way to catch Titanic. But Avengers Endgame crushes $2 billion milestone in record time. I haven't seen it. Spoiler alert. Call the show with your spoilers. Don't call the show with your spoilers. Disney had only one demand for Avengers any uh, game. It's kind of interesting because they're going to start competing with themselves in-, in some times, right? Oh, by the way, the cold opening on Saturday Night Live where the Avengers were playing the Game of Thrones people in uh, uh, Family Feud. Family Feud, probably one of the greatest game shows of all time. But it was better with Richard Dawson who would kiss all the, the contestants. The women, not the men. But you're like, man, he's like a kissing bandit. And he's like, that was just shtick. Like, we all have to have shtick, right? I think so. So taking a look at some other stories out there, it's a bit of an arms race going on right now in the world of the Facebook and the online publishers. So Facebook, a lot of people are starting to say, should Mark Zuckerberg be held personally accountable for the 30,000 plus employees that he has when privacy issues get broken, hacked, cracked, messed up? Apple's anti-tracking updates are always kind of interesting. Like They're like, hey, see, look, we're not Google. Hey, look, we're not Facebook. But Apple's not quite exactly a saint themselves. So that's all out there. But again, keep in mind, retailers and brands are using Facebook groups, bringing together customers for the sake of turning them into coveted communities. You can take a look at the groups on Facebook. And one of the ones that I have, for instance, is um, Shag. There's an artist that I like enormously named Josh Agle. And Josh Agle has used the last two letters, S-H and Agle, A-G. And he kind of does tiki art. And I bought a lot of his originals. Thinking like, this is kind of cool and kind of cultish. And let me tell you, I know almost nothing about acquiring art other than it's meant to be appreciated for 20, 30 years. And then you move on from it. You sell it for hopefully what you paid for it. And maybe more, maybe less. I don't look at his art as an investment. If I were to get a Rembrandt every day of the year, I'd be like, Look, guys, I got a Rembrandt. Come to my house and take a look at my Rembrandt. But I don't expect it to go up because everyone in the world knows what a Rembrandt is or isn't, right? So Facebook's doing something kind of cool. Oh, wait. I have a group called... I'm not... I don't have a group. I joined a group called... uh, Something like I love Josh Agle or Josh Agle makes me tingle. Shag makes me tingle. And again, shag carpet kind of makes your feet tingle when you kind of get the static electricity going. You kind of get the idea. And it's 50s tiki retro art. So every now and then when I do log on to Facebook, I'm like, oh, I'm a member of that group. I'm not even really a member of that group, but I'm kind of a member of that group. Adidas, Coca-Cola, Kellogg's, they're all trying to come up with you know summits and, and be kings, so to speak, on Facebook groups. They're trying to kind of get around some of the advertising issues. It's all very interesting stuff. We have a big show for you today. Coming up, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Beyond Meat and Trump's Terrace. Trade troubles are ruined. Warren Buffett talks buybacks, succession, Bitcoin, and 5G. How's that for a packed show? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live
1: on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW, and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. One area that I'm going to have to brush up on and fast is plant-based proteins. I know. I know. You got to give me a second on this one. So, cause it's going to, I'm going to have, there's going to be a learning curve, but I started it this weekend. Tyson food sold its steak and it's alternative protein company that they had bought in that IPO last week called beyond Meat. And, um, it's a biggie. It's, uh, I think it's a trend that I don't understand and it's good that I don't understand it because I'm a different generation than the people who are spending bigger money. The millennials and Generation Y, Generation Z, whatever you want to call people who are younger than you. But Tyson's Food is a kind of old-fashioned, I don't know, meat purveyor. There was a guy named Purdue, Frank Purdue, and he he had a commercial brand back in the 90s. It takes a tough man to make a tender chicken, and this guy looked like your grandfather. (laughs) I mean, he didn't, he looked like your 90-pound grandfather who couldn't box, and yet he was like, hey, I'm a boxer. It's so kind of a frail looking dude, all things considered. Um, but what's interesting to note about this is, again, this is a trend that's going to miss a lot of people. And then there's going to be a trend of people who say, hey, I want to invest in that because it's already done so well. I've heard um, nice reports. And again, Bill Gates is one of the people who's who's trying his best to come up with meatless alternatives. A burger that tastes like a burger but doesn't have cow in it. So Beyond Meat made a partnership The scientists at Beyond Meat made a partnership with Tyson Food Ventures. Um, And now it's a massive conflict of interest. Early on, kind of like taking a look at what each other is doing, getting some feedback on textures, on plants and stuff like that, it made a lot of sense. But Beyond Meat said, we're kicking these guys out. Because part of the fear that you would have is that Tyson... Do you know what makes... Coca-Cola and Pepsi and uh, all the big food companies, Procter & Gamble's, they, do you know what makes them so powerful? It's their shelf space at the grocery stores. Coca-Cola could come up with, and I've told the story a couple times, I had a friend who came up 20 years ago with a great drink concept called African Sunshine, and it was going to be a very, um, obviously an African-American founder, but it was going to be very colorful marketing and, and packaging, and he would go to store by store, and, st- and he wanted to grow it you know, store by store by store, and they'd go, oh no. Coke representative was just in here and he saw your stand and uh, we got to take that down because Coke offers us Coke, Diet Coke, Coke Zero, Sprite, and you just go through this water, orange juice, and they give us discounts for the ma- uh, more cases we order and more space that they get. It's the same thing with Tyson Foods. They've got the trucks that say Tyson Foods all over them. They got the truck drivers that say we work at Tyson. Wouldn't it be great if my Tyson owned Tyson Foods? No. But... The whole idea of Tyson foods sitting in on board meetings would be on me. They're gonna compete with each other at some point in time. And in this corner you have the eight hundred pound gorilla. In this corner you have the upstart. Okay, on occasion I will agree with you that Daniel does slay Goliath, but very, very rarely. Tyson's food used to be called Tyson Chicken. It spread its wings beyond the chicken coop. It's one of the largest US chicken producers. They have the capacity of of 42 million chickens a week. Stop and think about that as far as, like, the genocide of chickens goes. And I'll be honest with you, we've got some problems in America. If you take a look at the history of the chicken, you can see in the 1950s, a chicken's breast was just teeny tiny, like maybe an A cup. And in the 1960s, we started feeding them more hormones and then they got up to like a b cup in the 90s we're like we need bigger we need more breast meat americans love breast meat so they got those puppies pumped with hormones and pumped with water i swear like one of my conspiracy theories is that uh, chicken it used to have so much water and it's easier to cook with now it's like you're boiling it it's just i don't know i know you're saying you're getting old my friend but types of fresh meats divisions make its uh they've got steaks in like beef and pork sectors as well so the company hatches eggs. They supply contract growers with the chicks in the feed. If you ever watch like a 60 Minutes on chicken growers, don't. Their brands include Tyson's, Jimmy Dean, Hillsherb Farm, Ballpark, Wright, IVP, Adels, and State Farm. Its customers include retail, wholesale, and food service companies. So you can see that they're a much bigger company than like a Beyond Meat. Now, Beyond Meat is young and sexy, and a lot of people are going, well, I want the next Tyson. I don't want Tyson. So there's a play on that, and there's going to be some companies that cater to that. I I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Amazon, Whole Foods, uh, Sprouts, if someone says, you know, we're going to be the exclusive carrier of Beyond Meat for one year. Could happen. I don't know. But it ain't going to be Tyson, if you know what I'm saying. That friendship has ended because Tyson has seen the writing on the wall. People want Beyond Meat. It's probably the hottest, hottest Yes, hottest, sexiest IPO of the year. I know you're saying this has been a pretty big year for hot, sexy IPOs, and they've got another one coming. Um, Uber. That a lot of people are going to be, should I get into Uber, should I not get into Uber? Oh, I heard Uber and Lyft are going straight this week on Wednesday. Oh, death to the ball. (laughs) Death to the ball. If Ronald Reagan was your president, he would say, well, let's just hire new people. Break the union. I know you're saying that could be the single worst ronald reagan impression i've ever heard did you see the cup of coffee that was left in game of thrones last night a cup of starbucks coffee i find that funny shows you a how ubiquitous starbucks is um it's pretty funny anyhow i'm totally digressing um and i've even lost my train of thought so beyond meat is it a company for you and or not they're going with fruit and vegetable processings else gunda Uh, extensive quality assurance. Did you know when you make frozen food, you have more scientists looking at it and approving it than when you make fresh food? Some people won't buy food from uh, farmers markets because it's too fresh and nobody's eyeballing that stuff. I know it's a weird world we live in at times, is it not? So Beyond is a food company that specializes in offering plant-based meats. Its motto is eat what you love. The company has developed three core plant-based proteins. I don't know what, um, I don't know enough about them to tell you what sort of Intellectual property protections they have. Companies not yet profitable. So, do you go with David, Beyond Meat, ticker symbol BYND, or do you go with Goliath? I have not done enough homework. I will, and I'll get back to you, but you could also start doing your own homework. Maybe you own them both, because we got to eat food, right? Maybe that's your food play. Beef, pork, poultry. Bark, bark, bark. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Big seminar coming up. You can learn more about it by going to Rob Black's show. It's coming up in Los Gatos. Uh, Middle of the month, you can sign up using the show code RADIO25. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about? We can talk about money, investing, and more. Oh, boy. If you're looking at the things that are out there right now, um... There's positive, easy news to digest, like Disney's Avengers Endgame. That's a three hour movie. That's a commitment. I know people have seen it twice. And I ask them, like, have you, have you, how's your 401k look? Oh, I haven't done that. Well, you got the commitment to see a movie and spend big bucks on it, but not the same commitment to spend almost no time in dumping money into a 401k, a 403b, or just a simple stock saving account. I get it. I get it. Hopefully when you're 92 on your deathbed and you go, Captain America. And that's your death thought. Maybe it was worth it. I don't know. Could be, right? So you work with these ideas of start now, save now. A lot of people kind of are doing this kind of bad thing in their head saying, yeah, it's too late for me. So I'm just going to work till the day I die. The problem is you may not have that option. A lot of people are saying, no, I, I, I can play video games all day, smoke weed and do nothing because I'm going to inherit well. But the problem is, your parents may live longer than you think. I can tell you, if I was counting on inheriting my parents' money, I would have been sorely disappointed. Because my mother's in a home now for four or five years, and that's a hundred thousand plus. Well, not a hundred thousand; it's eighty to ninety thousand dollars a year for her. But that ain't that ain't a little bit. If you know what I'm saying, uh, the Uber IPO and the Beyond Meat IPO are two stocks that I'm getting asked ask a lot about. Uber set to go public this week. There's a little bit of, how shall we say, controversy, a little m and in it, where you need a little controversy. Travis Kalanick, he started the company, and he had a very masculine approach to kind of bulldozing through competition and bulldozing through regulators and bulldozing through anything that was trying to shut the door on him. He got kicked out eventually and replaced. Now, the big controversy is, does he get to ring the bell? I know you're saying, that's not controversial. No. If he's no longer CEO and he got kicked out, sorry. But I don't really care. But Uber has called its massive global opportunity in ride hailing and other businesses. um, They they say it's groundbreaking. They say it's massive. And I get ride hailing. And trust me, I get, you know, I've got some bad allergies right now. Allergy season's kicking my hiney. And I know that there's two different types of antihistamines. There's one that starts with a D- but you're, you're supposed to take both if you're having massive problems. And I'm having pretty big problems, pretty big infection in my body right now. Uh, i have to fight the, uh, the inflammation, so to speak. But Uber has said we have a massive opportunity. Now, the problem is they're losing money at a total rate of $4 billion annually. Yes, we could go back in time in the Wayback Machine, and we could take a look at you know, Amazon and say, well, they were losing millions and millions of dollars. And you know, they'd sell a, a best uh, book, you know, a top 10 book, a New York Times bestseller. They'd say, okay, you can get it at Borders, or God, I can't even think of the other one that went down now, right? It's how fast we forget our book superstores. And uh, you can get it that bestseller for 19.99 in hardback, or you can get it at Amazon for 15.99. And Amazon, they were vicious. They would tell the publishers like, you know, we're going to sell it at 15.99, so we need you to like cut it down, and you know, we'll make more money. We'll make, we won't make as much money as other guys, but we'll sell more books for you and blah blah blah. And it was pretty tough. So I have a problem with the company losing four billion. There's going to be a point in time, I think, when the stock becomes attractive. But right now, when you see the sacrificing profitability for growth, I'm not 100% sure that's a trend that's going to stick around forever. Some of it will, some of it won't. But they're throwing a lot of stuff against the walls. Uber looks, like a, looks less like an Amazon and more like a glorified Lyft to me. Now, some people would say, no, it looks like an Amazon. It's going to be huge. Uber's smaller rival Lyft has been a dud so far. IPO at seventy two. It's dropped down to sixty one, and the company said we're not going to be profitable until twenty twenty two, and that's too long for most people. Especially since we've already seen what happens with Elon Musk and his pursuit of profits and his pursuit of profitability has put shareholders at risk of getting diluted <clears throat> numerous times. So Uber plans to sell ten billion dollars of stock. A lot of people think the Beyond Meat or the Uber IPO should be at top of the market because so much money, so many tickets are being printed, but you have to pay to ride that ticket, which may mean you either don't get your boat, you don't get your car, you don't hit a new mortgage, and instead you shift that money to something else. Or you can sell some of your stock, which might be the easiest way to do it. So the ramifications of Uber coming public, it's going to shake out onto Lyft. It's also going to shake out onto Alphabet's Waymo unit. It's also going to shake out onto Tesla saying, we got self-driving cars that can be a self-driving taxi army next year. By the end of next year, Tesla thinks they're going to have a, a, a taxi business, some of which they're going to let lease their own cars out to automatingly automating, automating, automating picking you up and dropping you off. Some of it could be, hey, Rob, you've got a Tesla. Do you want to leave it uh, open for a taxi service? Because we see Granny Smith down the road wants to go to CVS. My car could automatically turn on and go pick up at Granny Smith and she can go to CVS and buy apples. I know. I know. Think about it took you too long to figure that one out. Don't buy stocks. So understanding Uber's financials is pretty difficult at this point in time because we don't know where they're going to price. We know some things like revenue growth last year was about 19%, which was down year over year. So you're seeing some slowing. You know that their revenue is nice, but their losses are huge. So if you're not making money, it's the old Tom Cruise show me the money thing. Or is it not? Or is it I'm just going to close my eyes and hope for the best? Or is it I believe in them because everything in my life is, is Uberific, Uber Eats, their meal delivery business, revenue growth slowed to 20% in the first quarter to $3.1 billion from 69%. I can tell you I've done more Uber Eats and Grubhub stuff that I care to think about in large part because I'm buying food that's not good for me. Uber's definition of revenue is overstated because it doesn't reflect cost like tied towards the driver incentives. There's a point in time where you can get in an Uber or lift and you know, they were thinking, I wonder if this person works for the other company and is gonna offer me five hundred dollars to become a driver. It was kind of like a lottery thing. Uber's losses show no sign of slowing down. And I almost I wanna say if you have to be punch drunk and punch drunk could be either getting hit in the face too many times with a punch, or it could be he went to the punch bowl too many times. If you have to punch drunk and make a decision that's kind of a little, maybe it's not the best one of your life, maybe, by guess, half a position. Maybe you said, instead of saying, I've allocated $10,000, I'm going to allocate 3000 I don't know. I, I'm going a different direction. Waymo is going to have RoboCab services by 2025 is the expectation that analysts have. And again, I think the robo-taxi drivers will be a lot of things that will be literally set routes for quite a while when they do happen. It'll be airport to hotel, hotel to airport. I don't know we're going to be doing the, you know, take me through a complicated neighborhood at 2 in the morning. Robo-taxis may transform the industry because operating costs could be half that of what cars are. So Uber's got a big bet on taxis. Where do you come down on that? Realistically, on occasion, it, it really pays to be honest and critical of yourself. Waymo has ordered 80,000 cars for its robo-taxis, um, but they're going to have to demonstrate the success of it before Wall Street says, "ooh," or before it spooks Uber. And the CEO of Travis Kalanick, former CEO is the best way of saying that, of Uber said, the world is going to go self-driving and autonomous. If we weren't part of the autonomy thing, then the future passes us by. Basically, it's a very expeditious and efficient way. So no one's playing poker here. Everyone knows what the stakes are, and everyone knows the direction for driverless cars and self-driving cars. On a day where the market's getting hit, Beyond Meat's higher. Again, part of your portfolio is shifting gears, dropping down in third. I used to have a stick shift. I miss stick shifts so much. And now you have to go out of your way to find a stick shift. Um, part of the whole push right now on Beyond Meat is, on the stock... It was a sexy IPO. It's got people talking. But part of the push is also tied towards uh, it doesn't really have that exposure to Asia. It doesn't really have that international exposure. It's got the millennials, American millennials, who are saying, we want it. So if you look at stocks as a business, you own a little piece of. Warren Buffett talked this weekend, can you tell I know? He said, why in the world should you sell it based on headlines of any sort? Buffett's 88 years old. When he dies, I'm going to take a day off. I'm going to mourn it. He said, if you look at stocks as a business, you own a little piece of, why would you sell it based on headlines? President Donald Trump's headlines this morning are threatening China and massive tariffs and hundreds of billions of dollars. And that's pretty scary. But I agree with Buffett. Buy great companies, buy more of them. Do you know what a blue chip is? Do you know what a red chip is? Blue chip has been there, done it, profitable. Red chip, got great revenues, hasn't been there, done it. Find me online at Rob Black show. Big seminar coming up in Los Gatos. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. It's very, very difficult to say this without coming across as all-knowing. I'm not all-knowing. The way Trump and China are playing things out, I wouldn't be freaked out by it. This is not just according to me. This is according to... Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of all time. Warren Buffett had his big hoot nanny this weekend, and uh, he talked a lot about you know Trump, one of the things he said, sometimes you have to act half crazy. I get it, I get it. I do a great show here for you that I protect you from really bad marketing pitches. Every now and then they slip through. but I try to protect you as much as I can. Um, I long story. Warren Buffett also said this weekend that stocks are ridiculously cheap if interest rates stay at these levels. So let's stop and think about that one for uno Momentaro. Warren Buffett, greatest investor of all time, said so we're going to start there. And he says, stocks are ridiculously cheap if you believe that 3% on the 30-year bonds make sense. Stocks as investments kind of play into capitalism. Interest rates play into bonds and inflation. Buffett said this weekend, I don't know... In what way? But I don't think we can continue to have these variables in this relationship. He doubts that low rates will be always be the reality. They've been a reality for a whole generation of investors. Millennials think interest rates, ten year interest rates should be at two and a half to three percent, three and a quarter. I grew up in a world where they should be four and a half to seven percent. And when they dip down closer to four, four and a half, I was like, Woohoo, stocks. Seven percent, woohoo bonds. So lots going on there. Now, again, you can tell that I believe in the Oracle of Omaha. Why do I do it? He's 88. He's been doing this for like 60 plus years, 70 years soon. He's seen it all. The market's seen it all. And I like that. I like that a lot. I like his quote, sometimes you have to act half crazy. It's the old Mike Tyson quote. Sometimes, you know, I'm crazy, but I ain't crazy like that. I I, I don't believe Trump. I don't believe Trump really believes that he has to do this. But I think this is a way for him to look like, hey, look, last second, I pulled it out. It's his reality that he's creating. And, again, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If you saw me this weekend versus watching me on radio or TV, listening to me on radio and watching me on TV, you'd be like, that's a different reality. I get how media changes reality. I'm not against it. So, elsewhere out there, Charlie Munger, who is Warren Buffett's right-hand man, and I'm going to be mean when I say this, and I'm not trying to be mean. It's just kind of a, a bad editor in my head. Charlie Munger's got a weird left eye. it has got one of those small left eyes, big right eyes, and it could have been a birth issue. I, I'm not making fun of it, but I don't like seeing the photos. Now, he talked this weekend, as well as uh, Warren Buffett, because they kind of are partners in the whole Berkshire Hathaway venture. And Berkshire Hathaway has this business model where they go out and buy great companies. They've got companies like Geico knowing, like, hey, Rob needs a car insurance, and if he doesn't pay it, we're going to cancel it. Monthly cash flow. They're going to go out and buy things like Dairy Queen. Hey, Rob... He's on the fat side, he likes sugar. He's on the plump side, like, like chicken breasts. They've been plumped up with water, right? So he goes out and invests in companies like Dairy Queen, who makes these freezes that cost like four or five dollars, but it costs maybe a, you know two or three pennies to make the product. The cup costs more than the product itself. The refrigeration costs more than the product itself. But Charlie Munger talked. He said, "I am so afraid of a democracy getting the idea that you just print money to solve all your problems that you don't have to raise taxes, you just print." If you hear people like Chad and I talk, he's a certified financial planner, and he, he is very, very different than me. And yet we both agree that at some point in time you have to pay your bills. If you have a credit card bill, and it's $10, and you're like, I don't know, I'm only going to send in a dollar. I'll just make that, that minimum payment. Then next month it's $100, and suddenly it's like more interest you're paying, and you've got to pay more. You and I, we wish we could say, hey, honey, fire up the printing mills. We're, we need a couple hundreds." Can you print me 10 hondos? I know. President Donald Trump, in his most brazen attack yet on the Federal Reserve, called for the central bank to cut interest rates by 1%. And that's where Munger kind of got a little upset about it. And I get it. it. It's it's counting too much on future generations to pay the debts of today. The sins of our fathers, or whatever term you want to use, there's a reality to it. We need a good relationship with China. I worry the most that, you know, uh, what Ronald Reagan did in the 80s, when I went to the Europe... As a student in the mid '80s, late '80s, early '90s, they still remembered Ronald Reagan. They called him the the cowboy president because he kind of like did what he wanted, and that caused me to lose a little bit of how shall we say safety in Europe because a lot of people didn't like him bombing an embassy, um, bombing a, a, a place where kids get adopted, <laughs> orphanage. But there's collateral damage, and if you watch Game of Thrones last night, sometimes collateral damage comes with the territory. So moving forward with this and trying to put a bow on everything, President Trump is threatening to raise uh increased tariffs, and now it's a deadline on Friday from ten percent to twenty five percent. And I'm looking at my 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 calendar and it's telling me he doesn't really have a lot of time to pull back on this one. I worry about the damage done that Reagan did just on perception of Americans that we're all cowboys. So when I travel Europe I'd get a little Canadian flag and put on my backpack. Canadians weren't quite as how shall we say aggressive uh just felt a little safer it was also a good conversation starter a so I don't think if we go to 25 percent on Friday I would mightily mightily surprised but now we're at that time is ticking you know you got two gunfighters out there waiting to pull the trigger does China show up on Friday for talks or they just cancel them how would you deal with someone saying you have until Friday to accept my demands puts people in a bad position hurts your image I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general,
0: Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. (laughs)